It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about their first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. That's for my crazy day. My pack commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. (laughs) Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash getmore. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Great to have you in on this Labor Day holiday. A lot to get to on iTunes, Audioboom.com, and the iHeartRadio app. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Twitter as well, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. A lot to get to, a lot to react to. The Bengals down to 53 players on their roster also, name their practice squad. Uh, let's just get to, to the roster. No real surprises. I do think the fact that they moved on from Will Clark shows a an upgrade on the defensive line. Last year, Amargus Hunt made the team and had no business making the team. This year, well, Will Clark was that same type of player, an under uh, unproductive, underachieving type player, and they moved on. Partially because of a guy you're going to hear from today, Jordan Willis, who had four sacks this preseason. I talked with him earlier today in the Bengals locker room. You're going to hear that interview coming up in just a few minutes, but let's get to the practice squad because the the big battle, they keep seven wide receivers. Jeff Driscoll on the roster right now uh, actually just got moved as I recorded this uh, or in the middle of this recording, got moved to IR Jeff Driscoll now, um, made the 53 initially. But with that broken thumb, going to be on injured reserve. Could be brought back in eight weeks uh, or longer at some point during this year. But let's get to the practice squad where Brandon Bell made it, Kent Perkins, Josh Tupuo, Kermit Whitfield, who has the best name on the team, Deshaun Williams, who's a guy a lot of people know, Brandon Wilson, the sixth rounder out of Houston, and Jarvion Williams, who played really well in that final preseason game against the Colts. Plus, maybe you heard of him, Jake Elliott. And I was one that said that Jake Elliott should be the kicker. And yet, everyone I talked to down at that stadium pretty much said, no, it's Randy Bullock's job. I tweeted it out on Friday that I shook a couple trees, I barked up a couple trees, tried to figure out what the the Bengals' mindset was, and I just kept hearing Bullock. It's Bullock, it's Bullock. Before Thursday night's game, Bullock. So even though Randy Bullock missed that, that kick in the fourth quarter potential game winner, didn't matter. He's the kicker, and he's the guy for the Bengals. And a lot of you disagreed with that. I took a, a Twitter poll, and it was like 64% in favor of Jake Elliott, 36% for Randy Bullock. Here's the thing, and this is when I'm ready to admit when I'm wrong. I was wrong about Jake Elliott, and it's it's not because of what the Bengals decided to do. It's what the NFL told me. Jake Elliott was cut by the Bengals, released 
They moved on from him. Any team was available to take him. All of the teams across the NFL. It only takes one, right? Put in a waiver claim. They get Jake Elliott on their roster. Not one did it. The Dolphins claimed a kicker, Cody Parkey. Not Jake Elliott to be their kicker. So to me, what that says, our fascination with Jake Elliott, partially because he was drafted in the fifth round, partially because he's younger, and partially because he missed a 60-yard kick that looked like it almost went in in the intrigue and the unknown. But ultimately, the NFL told you, Jake Elliott, not one of the 32 best kickers at this moment. That could change. Good news, he ends up on the practice squad, and that's the best-case scenario. The Bengals kicking game, the way it works, the, the, the way it, it is, it's perfect because now you have Randy Bullock, and if for some reason he falters and struggles and gets into a big slump, you have the, the go-to guy right there in Jake Elliott. You have a guy that you could go to if necessary. You don't have to go work out kickers or do your due diligence on that end of it. You have a guy you could probably trust in Jake Elliott. You're going to hear an interview with Randy Bullock in just a second. But first, a word from my friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to buy tickets to live events, concerts, sporting events, so much more. And they do it. Why Why is it so easy? Because you download an app to your smartphone. And with a few taps, you find that SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites. They give every seat a grade based on value so you get the best value in every purchase guaranteed at SeatGeek. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to download the SeatGeek app, and you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Just use the promo code LONFL. Locked on NFL, LONFL. That is going to get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So whether it's Bengals and Ravens this Sunday, whether it's Bengals and Texans next week, any Bengals game, any concert, SeatGeek has you covered. Use promo code LONFL. I did catch up uh, with Randy Bullock. He talked with reporters earlier today in the Bengals locker room. This isn't long, but it's just going to give you an idea of his mindset, what he talked about today. Here's uh, Randy Bullock earlier today at Paul Brown Stadium. I was in a contract situation with the Jets where I didn't end up deciding to go back. Um, so then it was kind of week to week where I was a filling guy for the year. And, uh, you know, I kind of had myself behind the eight ball for the majority of the year trying to find, find a job. You know, there's only 32, so you... You have to get in there and, and figure it out. We've been bringing Jake back on the practice squad. Does it almost feel like the competition is still ongoing? Uh, to me, no. Uh, I was told that I won the job, and I was the guy. It was my show. Um, I just keep rolling. So that, that's, uh, that's the mindset I have, and uh, we're all on the same page. The last three teams you were with, did you ever feel like there was any chance for you to make that team because of the circumstances of how you join? Your uh, you know, I, I think I really – I went in to perform for myself more than anything. Um, you know, I went in and I filled in for Josh Brown. I had his issues. And, and uh, the other two, I filled in for injuries as well. So, um, you know, until I really got here, I didn't know if I th- – this was the first opportunity I had where I had a legitimate opportunity to stick. And I was told that going into all of this. So do you find a place now, or had, or had you found a place already in Cincinnati where you were going to stay? No, I had, uh, whenever I signed uh, – Back in the offseason, I came up, I found a place, and uh, made sure I was situated and ready to go for whatever uh, was thrown at me. So, was, uh, was- so that's Randy Bullock. And what that brings me to is something that the Bengals made clear and that I want to reiterate here on Locked On Bengals because I know how the Bengals operate. You know how the Bengals operate. Randy Bullock won the job. And if Randy Bullock wins the job, that means it's Randy Bullock's job. <laughs> They're not going to move on the first missed kick or the first missed game winner. We saw it last year with Mike Nugent. 
And even though Nugent had more equity built up than Randy Bullock has, this Bengals team, this Bengals organization, going to give Randy Bullock a chance. So that doesn't mean Jake Elliott's going to get brought. Let's say Randy Bullock goes out there and, and goes one for three this week. I think he's the kicker week two. I don't think they move on that quickly. You could say that's wrong. You could say it's right. Whatever. You heard him. I, they told me I won the job and it's my job. Competition over. So I'm just, remember this, Labor Day 9-4-2017 because it's, there's going to be a time this year, it could be week one, it could be week five, where Bengals fans are like, I think they need to move on to Jake Elliott. The first miss Randy Bullock has, big miss, whew, that's what's going to happen. And I get it. Again, I would have went with Jake Elliott, but the NFL told you that that, that opinion, probably not the best one. Great to have you in today on a Monday. I'm James Rapine. You're listening to the Locked on Bengals podcast. Earlier today, I caught up with Jordan Willis, and he's a big reason why we're optimistic going into this year because the pass rush has been bolstered. Carl Lawson, Jordan Willis, there's youth there. Chris Smith, a veteran looking to prove himself. I caught up with Jordan today. We talked about the preseason. It's really insightful about just his thoughts on, on how he played this preseason, what he's looking forward to most week one this week against Baltimore, and so much more. Here's my one-on-one interview with Jordan Willis. After a successful preseason, Jordan, obviously with, with four sacks, what, would you call that a success? I know they probably – you break down every play and, and there's stuff you want to improve on, but how would you rate your preseason? Um, I would rate it pretty good. Like I always compare it to like my start in college compared to my start in the NFL. Like I've, I've done a lot better starting off because um, normally I'm not like a good starter. You know, like starting stuff off, but um, right from my first snap, I'm, um, you know, I would say I'm very happy with how I started, like from the first snap till the last snap I took in the preseason. But um, obviously, I just took the approach in the preseason just to improve and get better. And I feel like with each week, um, I was getting better, um, whether it was at my run technique, footwork. um, uh, Obviously, there's still stuff to work on. Um, I played about, you know, a good 20 snaps maybe against NFL starters in each of the four games. So, I mean, I felt pretty good about how I performed against them as well. It's just a matter of me. You know, I gained some experience in those games, in those couple of snaps I got to go against them. So it's just a matter of taking that and then, like, taking it into this first game, which I know is going to be a little bit more heightened with it being the season and then the divisional games. Um, so I'm sure guys are going to be playing a lot harder a lot more tougher than they were in the preseason. But then again, it's good that I gained experience and I know what it's going to be like. And like I said, I am I was happy with what I've done in the preseason. just a matter to keep going. Do you have an idea of what your role is going to be starting out this um, week? I mean, we got four defensive ends. And if you look at last year, I mean, just about every defensive end they had played. So I'm sure I'll get playing time. I mean, uh, I'm on special teams. Of course, I'm going to be playing on special teams. So it's just a matter of, I mean, uh, we got minimal guys, so I'm sure I'll get some snaps in there. Have you thought about, obviously you did it in the preseason, but have you thought about what your first regular season sack might feel like, if it'll be any different um, than the others? I'm sure it'll probably, because it'll be against, uh, I'm not sacked or started, starting in a field quarterback yet, so um, I'm sure it'll be a little bit different. And then obviously, you know, 
um, if it happens to a guy that you've been watching for a long time that you know of, I'm sure to be a little bit different emotion behind behind that. And then obviously, if I was to sack somebody, would it would be against a good tackle and it would be a pretty good quarterback. So. Spending a few more minutes with rookie defensive end Jordan Willis. What was, and obviously you weren't really in, in danger of this with the productive preseason yeah. and everything like that, but what was cut down day like uh, um, seeing guys that you'd obviously work with uh, go? Um, that was kind of, um, there were a couple guys that I didn't, I wasn't expecting. Well, I, it's not that I was paying attention to the cuts, but it was a couple guys like to show back up to the locker room and saw that they were cut. Um, it kind of shows you the business side of things because they were good football players. And it's just a matter of what the leadership and then the coaches obviously thought was best for the team at the time. But um, some of them you kind of expected, but some of them you really didn't. Is there anything that the, the four preseason games that you saw that surprised you? Anything that caught you off guard? Um, as far as, like, the competition? Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't really anything that caught me off guard, you know, um, not that I, I was expecting everything that happened, but it, it's kind of just football at the end of the day. You just ex, you have these expectations, and then you kind of know, like, I'm playing on a new level so that these guys are going to be a little bit better than, you know, college guys. But only, what I say I, I have noticed from my college to NFL transition is, is that guys are more um, fundamentally sound and detailed in their techniques. So, obviously, offensive linemen, they're – they're going to be good with their steps majority of the time. They're going to take good drops uh, or good uh, pass sets, run sets. They're going to cut you off a lot quicker than you they did in college. Like very rarely will you, unless he slow off the ball for some reason, you're very rarely going to just like, you know, take a gap on them, you know, or even in pass sets, you have to um, apply the pressure if you're going to, you know, be successful against them because it's not like they're going to make errors or mistakes. You almost have to force them. Yeah, so you have to to be, you know, as a D lineman, I have to apply the pressure if I'm going to be successful. And a lot of guys, the more experience you go up against them, they're not going to fall to the pressure. So it's just a matter of then you just got to be relentless and then keep going and going and going until it opens up. Coming into, uh, looking back at last season, coming into this year, the defensive line was something that certainly uh, I think the Bengals wanted to, to improve on. And with yourself, Chris Smith, uh, Carl Lawson, I think the pass rush has given a boost. What's, what's that room like now? Or, or how confident are you guys heading into this week? Um, I feel like, you know, uh, we're still trying to, like, really band together and get to know one another in a sense. But, I mean, I feel like individually we're, we're all three confident in our abilities to be able to rush the passer. Um my my role technically isn't the pass rush role right now. That's kind of like Carl Lawson's role right now. I mean, uh, but obviously first and second down when I'm in there, I'll get my opportunity um, if I get. So that's Jordan Willis, and I thought he was really insightful, really just uh, calm and collected. And I, I look that the defensive line is going to be bolstered, and they're better, and they're improved. In the secondary, I, I like their depth. I think the young guys can play. I think Darquez Denard has showed some things in the preseason to make you feel at least confident going into week one. A guy like William Jackson III going to get an opportunity this week and has played well all preseason. Definitely looks like 
he could be their future number one corner, especially with Adam Jones out this week. But I can't keep, uh, I can't help but think about this Vontez perfect thing. And I know it's easy, and I was one of the optimistic ones going into this year. But now Vontez perfect out for three weeks. Yeah, Baltimore at home, they should be able to win, right? Flacco just returning to practice. I don't know. This game seemed like a win two weeks ago. Today it feels like a coin flip. And the last thing you want is a coin flip game at home against a division opponent. Four days later, they play Houston. Tom Savage is that quarterback. James, they're going to win that game. Maybe. But now it's a coin flip without Vontez Perfect. A guy who just makes that defense so much better. And then week three, they go to Green Bay. This Bengals team has gotten bad news after bad news after bad news the past couple weeks. Think about it. John Ross goes down. Injured. Not sure if he's going to play this week or not. I saw him in the locker room, had a sleeve on that left knee, wasn't really limping around or anything, but you just got to wonder how healthy he is, uh, if he's going to play this week, and if not, when. To me, if he's not good to go now, then you might wait not just four days against Houston, but give him that whole extra 10 days and get him ready for week three against Green Bay. That would be my guess. Not sure if it's true. Not sure if that's the case. That would be my guess, though, uh, if you're the Bengals. If, he doesn't, if he's not good to go Sunday, then he's probably not going to be good to go Thursday, just three and a half days later. But then you add 10 more days to that, could be good to go. They could also, if they think he's good Sunday, just hold him out until week two. But, but to me, this Bengals team, they, they've just taken their lumps. They've taken their lumps in a, in a bunch of different areas quickly. And whether it's the Steelers getting better, and I've, I've seen this on Twitter, people have debated me, you can't debate that Vance McDonald and Joe Hayden, tight end cornerback, those two guys make the Steelers better. Those are two weaknesses. It would be like if the Bengals signed a competent left tackle. You'd be like, oh man, <laughs> woo, weakness upgraded. Joe Hayden is still competent in this league. Vance McDonald is a competent tight end. The Steelers got better. Meanwhile, the Bengals, their best defensive player, suspended for three games. One of the, the offensive weapons that was supposed to stretch the field and showed a little bit of that against the Colts, unable to do so now because he tweaks his knee. To me, I'm concerned because if this team starts one and two, if this team go, think about it, three and two going into the bye might sound good. But who knows? Pittsburgh schedules easy early on this year. I thought you needed to be four and one going into the bye, into the matchup with Pittsburgh on October twenty second. That those are my thoughts. That's how I feel. Now, good news, positive news. AJ Green is the man, is fully healthy, and is going to carry that offense. Tyler Eifert, fully healthy, expected to play this week. Which you saw him miss week three of the preseason. It looks like that was just a a precaution. So Tyler Eifert in the lineup, Joe Mixon in the lineup. This offense can still be dangerous, dangerous without John Ross. But when they took Ross and Mixon with back-to-back picks in April's draft, I came on here and I was excited because I wanted to see them together. Haven't seen much of that yet. And you just have to wonder how long it's going to be and when Ross can take the field. 
Because if he does, I have no doubt he's going to succeed. I have no doubt he's going to thrive. He has the talent. He has the ability. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. It's been great to have you in here. It's been great to have you in Labor Day uh, edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, audioboom.com, the iHeartRadio app, on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked on Bengals. Until tomorrow, I'm going to work on a couple interviews. I think I'm going to have Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com on the podcast tomorrow so you can hear from him. And uh, if you listen to this within the next, like, 40 minutes, I'm on ESPN 1530 Monday afternoon from 3 to 6. We'll do a lot of Bengals, a lot of Bengals. So make sure you tune in there if you hear it in time. If not, I'll be back on Tuesday for the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.